race fans to episode number 12 of the eCarding News Debrief Podcast. Rob Howden here alongside David Cole, just about a week on from the Supercarts USA Super Nationals in Las Vegas. Uh, David and I, I'm close to being rested up. I'm not sure, David, if you're fully rested up yet, but uh, I think I need a couple more deep sleeps to get, to get through it all. It was it was a long week. Yeah, you know, it, it's adding Thanksgiving on and all the eating and drinking. And yeah, it's it's like a two week marathon of eating and drinking. So there was, that's true, it didn't, it didn't really stop, did it, except for we added in a little, the tryptophan from the turkey uh, on Thanksgiving to knock us out on the couch for uh, for a couple of hours, for sure. Uh, as we get into this podcast, I do want to uh, remind people that they're able to uh, subscribe to the EKN Podcasts uh, on iTunes. All you need to do is search EKN Radio Network. Don't look for ecardinews.com. Search for EKN Radio Network. You'll be able to uh, subscribe to the all the podcasts that we'll be doing throughout 2017 and 2018, all available on iTunes. We are going to kind of shift the editorial focus with this debrief podcast. The name, of course, debrief uh, kind of sets us up for what we'll do post-race weekends. That's what we've used from the very beginning. But what we'll do moving into, well, actually with this particular broadcast, and then moving into 2018, David now used a debrief as a, a, as a post-race, like a, a Monday or a Tuesday debrief. We'll talk about what happened throughout the weekend. We have a couple of new podcasts we're going to be bringing onto the EKN Radio Network, uh, which will debut in December on the website itself. Uh, a couple of new podcasts will have different themes, that kind of thing. Uh, so this particular deal, the debrief podcast, though, is all going to be focused. <coughs> excuse me, focused on Super Nationals for this particular issue. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in the sport. We'll get to that next week. But right now, we're going to wrap up what was an absolutely unbelievable weekend in Las Vegas. Today's show is being presented by Cooper Tires. Cooper Tires is the presenting sponsor as well of the Mazda Road to Indy. And they were thrilled to be back as the title sponsor of EKN's coverage of the Scusa Super Nationals in Las Vegas. Cooper Tires' dedication to Formula uh, Junior Formula Motorsports dates back over a decade. And they have been along for the ride with many of the IndyCar stars, present and future. For more information on their products, visit coopertire.com and use their dealer locator to find a retailer nearest you. You can also catch up on the latest in motorsports by following them on Twitter and Instagram. Look for the at Team Cooper Tire account. All right, David, uh, jumping right into the Scusa Super Nationals. Always uh, an event that you and I both look, uh, you know, look forward to getting to, but it's also all-encompassing. You know, I know that uh, it's six months prep for Scusa. It's at least a month prep for you and I, you know, and I'll, and I'll put a lot, a lot of props on you, my friend. It, it, you bury yourself for probably at least a month, uh, two, three weeks for sure, in terms of doing season previews or uh, race previews. What were your thoughts? Let's just let's just get overall thoughts before we jump into to talking about the race itself. Well, going into it, it, it was great to be at a new venue, uh, go to be on a pavement that is fairly new. Uh, obviously we saw throughout the weekend that there, you can't obviously get rid of all the bumps in, in pavement, but uh, the pavement was smooth. It was a new layout, a new larger paddock. I mean, we had plenty of space uh, overall. I mean, just, just looking at it from above, it, it looked like a really cool layout uh, in terms of paddock and track and, and being right there on the Vegas strip. Uh, right next to Circus Circus, right next, right there on that street. Yeah, I, I think Dave, that was a kind of a cool deal. I, you and I, of course, sitting at start finish in the Cooper Tire Tower, 
when we looked right across, this, the Circus Circus was there. It was in the far part of the track, as, of course, the, the venue right between Paradise Road and actually on the Strip. You and I walked around the track and all the way around the outside of the track to see Circus Circus. But it really did, I think this, the Strip location really did kind of present itself at night, didn't it? When the, As soon as the sun went down, Circus Circus was right there, the Encore Hotel. Everything was just right in front of us. It really did. It had a different feel, I think, because we were so close to, you know, really on the strip, but so close to a hotel like Circus Circus. Without a doubt. I mean, before when we were at the other parking lot the last two years, it was, you know, it's kind of a, a weird location. We're just kind of like in the convention center. But now this time we felt like we were more part of the Vegas atmosphere, like like you felt with, yeah. with being at the Rio, where you could see all of those <laughs> massive buildings and casinos right there. So, uh, yeah, and and obviously with, with those new uh, uh, areas being under construction, we always see, seem to have construction in the background at, at the Supernats. But um, I think it would have been a better – it could be a possible better location to return to back later uh, once those buildings are done and even make it more of a, of a better skyline uh, for a backdrop. Yeah, it, it, it's really hard to beat the skyline when we're at the Rio because, of course, the entire strip's behind us. This was pretty cool, though, and, and I think the atmosphere was fantastic. You know, David, after after we got through the morning sessions on Wednesday, which, of course, is just the practice, the four practice sessions in the morning, four practice sessions in the afternoon, you and I were able to get some feedback from the drivers in terms of the track itself. And i got to say, uh, you know, normally you and I are going to sit down and some guys are going to tell us, I don't like this, I don't like this, that particular part's way too bumpy. You're going to get some bumps, as you said, but we didn't hear people go, oh, my God, the track's really bumpy. For all for all intents and purposes, everybody said the track was pretty smooth. But you got to give props to Bonner Moulton, Howie Idelson, and Wesley Boswell. The, the layout that they were able to bring uh, in terms of the flow, the challenge, uh, the hairpins, it just it was such a great mix of corners. And every all the feedback we got, you know, beginning with Billy Musgrave saying it was probably the best Supernationals track he's ever been on. I think that you got to give props to those three guys for really coming with something new. And, and we shouldn't be surprised either, David, should we? They they did one last year, at least Bonner and, and, and Howie did. They bring Wesley in to come in to have another voice. Having done that one track, they had made mistakes. They, they, they admittedly made mistakes they didn't like. They came back with a track this year that was absolutely phenomenal. Well, with the location that we're at, it's it's hard to – test and to, to see what works and what sure. doesn't i mean these this is basically the the third attempt for these guys or second attempt for these guys yeah and they went off last year's area which is a completely different area where we were at so i mean you can kind of take what you had last year use it learn from it and obviously there were things that they probably didn't like about this year's track but overall like you said it was it was probably one of the better circuits that they that they we've had laid out for the supernationals. David, you know, there's obviously some positives and negatives. One of the weird things about this particular venue, and venue and all, I'm not just talking talk about the track itself. We've never had this kind of shape. It was it was obviously very long and, and rectangular between Paradise Road and the strip. The track itself very long and narrow, the paddock very long and narrow. I did like the long narrow paddock because there was that one main road right up the middle where you kind of came through the big arch of Supercar USA into the into the venue and you just walk straight to the track and everything peeled off on left and right one of the major issues i think and everybody brought it to us they brought it to scusa was the fact that the grandstands on the front straightaway just didn't play well in being able to see the far part of the racetrack the track was so long 
had they had the grandstands, I think on the other, like on, on the flat side, the, the straightaway side, that would have been much better. But again, we would, they would have had to bring fencing in again, get the whole thing relicensed or re, you know, for the insurance and for the liability. And that was a shame. I, I think that, you know, people were complaining about not being able to see, but that's always the nature, I think, of a street course as well. You're using those water barriers. They're pretty tall. It's just, it's always tough to see on a street course unless you have that raised area. Well, you can look at uh, when we were at Sam Boyd Stadium. Yeah. I mean, there were sections of the track that nobody could that's see. Right. I mean, we, I didn't bring that up. We You're right. Even, we couldn't even see at, uh, uh, from from where we announced from, we had to wait till they came back around from the uh, end, other end of the stadium to, uh, to 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 be able to see what happened. Yeah, you're right. Um, no, you're right. So I mean, and none of these people have probably. I would say ninety five percent of these people have never been to Rock Island. You only see the straightaway there. That's true. You no. Know? <laughs> so no, you're uh, right. It, yeah. We got you, you got you got to give. There's give and take. You're right, David. You know, we go to a, a temporary circuit. That temporary circuit is going to give you the the level playing field. Nobody's been on that racetrack before, so everybody comes at a level playing field. But part of that fact is that you're not going to get the fantastic viewing angles that you would if, if there was a raised area. Or like you said, at Sam Boyd Stadium, we, we lost them for, for 30 seconds at one point when they went to the around the back part of the racetrack. So you're right. Oh, good point. Great point. Uh, let's talk atmosphere. Uh, one of the things I love about the Supernats, and I think you do as well, and everybody does, is the fact that there's just that air of electricity all the time and it builds from wednesday to thursday to friday the heat race you know the, the heat races then the last chance qualifiers on saturday then super sunday you know what we've been through some tough weather with some rain back in, i think it was 2013 but david blue sky really comfortable temperatures the standard cool temps and evening wind in vegas but otherwise man chamber of commerce weather all week yeah, the, the wind really hit us uh, pretty good this time. Uh, most of the time we have it at our back, so it doesn't really affect us that hard. Uh, but this time it's like directly into our face. And it was, I mean, we're talking 30 to 40 mile an hour gusts that were blowing our laptops up off the table. Uh, it was yeah, pretty I'm, wild. I'm fairly happy that we didn't have any major catastrophes because you and I, as you said, standing up watching races, calling races and having the laptop blow essentially off the table into our, you know, we were making sure we were standing against the table because the laptop was blowing right into our chest. It was, it was unbelievable. A good thing you had the monitor strapped down. That was pretty, yeah, that that was, was pretty solid as well. That was uh, the Scusa staff definitely helped us there uh, bringing those over. It was just, <laughs> I had no idea what they were coming over to do. And I'm like, what do you guys why are you carrying trailer straps? I'm like, oh, this is a great idea. We'll take it. Yeah, because it was blowing everything over. Now, the one good thing is that they we didn't have the issue of barriers blowing around. Scusa did a good job getting them bolted down in the right places, and uh, the track remained consistent. We didn't we didn't lose the track at all in in the thirty to forty mile an hour winds. That was, I think, a, a positive. For no, sure. I th- I think the issue we had with barriers was where the water barriers were in certain spots that they shouldn't yeah. be. Uh, one of them was coming out of turn four on the exit where we saw a stoppage yep. in racing because of guys breaking the water barriers from contact. Well, again, it, you have to further emphasize you cannot use the water barriers as the border of the racetrack. It's supposed to be there for safety and to be a secondary stop if a cart goes through a tech pro or a Scribner barrier. Yeah. Agreed, Dave. You and I have talked about this. That's one design element that Scusa needs to bring to this temporary circuit. If you have 
uh, a, a water barrier at an exit point on the racetrack or even an entry point at the racetrack. It should be pushed back probably five feet. And then you put the tech pro barriers or the, probably the Scribner barrier that they're using these days, put that Scribner barrier up front, leave that bit of a gap, at least a foot or more, two feet between that and the water barrier. So it can move. You put that barrier there that way you're not getting that water, that water pouring out. And we had what, I think four or five stoppages where someone got into the water barrier and it ends up spilling that, spilling it on, on the track. And not only is that, uh, stops the track. I'm sure that Scuse ends up having to pay for that water barrier as well because it's obviously damaged, not able to be used again. So that's definitely something I think needs to get uh, addressed. I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with that. Too. I do, and I want to go back one more thing. But since we're talking about barriers and, and the track itself, is is the curbing? Um, again, it, it it definitely helps to have it because it outlines the racetrack. We don't need to use the the barriers for that. Uh, but they did have two areas where they either did it they made they constructed it wrong or they put it in the wrong spot one obviously was turn eight with a massive large uh curbing that everybody jumped over i mean jump over four feet four four wheels off the ground it was it was the slowest part of the racetrack but it was also the most air in the racetrack it looked it almost looked like yeah, a yeah. Uh, a rally cross type event watching the guys go over it So there you go. A couple of notes there, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, Scuzo and then they have every year kind of made some adjustments and learned more about track design. And and again, you're right. That the one thing about you never know really exactly how the racing line is going to be. They decide to put, of course, that curbing in turn number eight going into what we ended up calling the Circus Circus section, which was eight, nine, and ten right in front of the hotel, the Circus Circus Hotel. And there was that issue, as David said, guys, really launching over that particular barrier, uh, that particular curb, and then into the right-hand turn number nine. Again, I expect we're going to make changes for next year. We're going to be at a new venue, which, of course, we'll talk about later. But for now, stick with us. we got more to come on the other side of this break here on the EKN Debrief Podcast. David and I will go over some of the event highlights that we saw from this year's Super Nationals. Are you looking for a new card shop? One that treats you like you're an important customer? If so... Look no further than Acceleration Car Racing. At Acceleration, customer service is number one. We are a full-time karting business, not a hobby or an afterthought. We have all the products you're looking for, from kit carts to shifters, safety to speed. We strive to offer our customers the best products, prices, and service. At Acceleration Car Racing, we're always here when you need something for your racing program. Located in Las Vegas, Acceleration is stocked with a wide range of products. We've been helping racers get the right parts for over 16 years. Acceleration has everything that a kart racer needs, from turnkey carts to safety equipment, engines and more, stocking all of the leading kart racing brands. Here's a taste of the products that we carry every day. CRG, Tony Kart, Bennett, Rotax, Honda, IAMI, MG Tires, Vinco, Bridgestone, Mojo, Alpine Stars, Sparco, Ribtech, and EVS, Tillet, Micron, Alfano, Bell, Arai, Zamp, KG, Sniper, Sweet Tech, and KNN. It doesn't matter where you live in the country, we will get you what you need so you can get back on the track. Acceleration has a sufficient supply of products to ensure that your order can be shipped the very same day. Our knowledgeable staff is available to help customers six days a week, and ordering online is open 24 hours a day at shopakr.com. For visitors and locals in the Las Vegas area, 
Acceleration is a large showroom full of the best kart racing products available. Come on in and check it out. To find out more about what Acceleration has to offer, visit shopakr.com. Again, shopakr.com. And make sure to sign up to be on our mailing list to receive the latest updates and promotions that we send throughout the season. Again, we're a one-stop shop. Shopakr.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Rob Howden and David Cole here. Episode number 12 of the EKN Debrief Podcast here on the EKN Radio Network. David, let's just look at maybe some event highlights because overall, before we jump into like the class-by-class stuff, uh, let's have a look at some of the highlights. For me, one of the overall things I think everybody looks at, me uh, for sure, yourself as a father, overall, a really safe event. And I think that you know one of the things we need to talk about when we talk about the safety of the event was Scusa did make an adjustment after day number one, the front straightaway barrier was was pushed in a little bit too close, and it really was it was closer than the, even the track designers have wanted. They eventually moved that back, probably what ten, maybe fifteen feet back for Thursday, and we didn't have an issue again of, of a driver overcooking turn number fourteen and getting into the wall. That really, I think, was a, a major adjustment to the racetrack that didn't ch- did not actually change the race line itself. Most drivers almost the same line. They just didn't get into the barrier. So overall, that adjustment, the track itself, a really safe event. And yeah, anytime you have a temporary circuit, uh, there's there's no room for error. And like you said, moving that wall back definitely certainly helped, uh, especially the S2 category, not to pinpoint anybody there, but that, that oh, you category. Can, oh, no, Dave, yeah. you, you, you can pinpoint <laughs> S2. They were a disaster. It was <laughs> Seriously. that was that class was maybe the the reason why the wall was moved back. But and when we did move it back or excuse it, moved it back, uh, it was it was it was a, a positive uh, move throughout the paddock for everybody. Uh, but but I mean, anytime you're at a temporary circuit, when you have no room for error, you're going to get into the walls a few times, if not get run over or something like that. So we, we did have our minor bruises and bumps and maybe a, a broken finger or hand or something like that here and there. But overall, you know, it's with the, the safety gear that we have uh, and it, it was a safe event. What are your thoughts on racecraft day for the, for the weekend? Let's jump into that. Cause you know, you talk about safety, uh, you know, SCUSA can do or any organization can do whatever they can in terms of, of trying to police or, or starting with the layout of the racetrack, then policing. For me, and, I, and I'll come back to this all the time. I don't want to go. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we, there was some amazing racing up front, close racing, guys giving each other room. Of course, you see it in the KZ category. I always have respect for the KZ guys because they come in for some reason. They're able to get out of turn one, two, and three without wrecking each other because they give each other room. There was some awesome racing up front, middle of the pack, even further back in the pack. Again, it comes down to guys just they're not driving with respect for their other uh, other other. Uh, you know, race mates. There were some issues on the racetrack with some guys just driving like absolute idiots. No doubt about it. Well, you get that. We've we've seen that all year long at the Supercarts USA uh, Pro Pro Tour, uh, especially in the X30 yeah. Senior. Guys are just driving over their heads. At least with them, they got through some of the opening corners a little bit better this year than they have in previous previous years. But there was still just like you said, guys kind of just overdriving uh, their skill set or just being completely retarded. And just driving over people for no reason. And just just for the simple fact of, yeah. oh, I'm starting 50th. I'm going to drive up to 30th in the two corners. And it, it just it just makes no sense. 
it's definitely the uh, a topic for another podcast down the line when you and I get some new podcasts going. What's one we're going to talk about? We'll bring some guests on to talk about that as well because overall, there was as I said there's some great racing. We man, we were on the edge of our seats, or from the most part, people were standing up. They weren't even using the grandstands uh, for a lot of these races because the driving was just so good. Just guys inside, outside just clean racing, but man, you get further back there. And I guess that's the reason why you're further back. If you don't have the skills or the mindset to be able to keep yourself out of trouble, that's one of the reasons why you start at the back. Otherwise I was pretty impressed uh, with some great racing. David, anything else you want to look at in terms of event highlights? I know one of the big things was the live streaming video, such huge uh, and positive feedback uh, for super Sunday streaming live and the numbers incredible numbers of the amount of people that were actually reached and people that were, were tuning in. And even now that they're posting results are posting the, uh, the videos up to Facebook, getting them back up on the screws of Facebook page. The numbers are huge again. It's awesome. Well, yeah, it gives people an opportunity, like the people who were there that didn't quite get a chance to see what exactly the stream showed. Uh, I know there were people actually in the paddock that rather sat in their, in their pit spaces watching the Facebook feed rather than going to the track side. Cause you could see more. <laughs> So that, that in itself is, is a positive. And that goes to show that, you know, if you have the, a great production crew, like the green light guys are, or guys and gals yeah. are, you know, you can do this, you can do it right, but you gotta, you gotta put in the effort, the time, the money in order to do this the right way. And obviously the super nats being the super nats, everybody's going to tune in for that. Well, the last point you made was a big one, and it's it's one of the things about the sport that uh, people don't really understand. Nobody ever considers how much it costs to do everything. They just want it. I want to be able to see it. It's a lot of money. You're talking forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars to do it right on on live video, and the potential of getting on CBS Sports Network again next year. I know, I know, I don't think anything's locked in yet for 2018, but I do know that Supercar USA is looking and saying, "Hey, man, this we've got some really good feedback on, on this particular program." Greenlight did a great job. The The quality was there. And we know we can raise the bar in terms of syncing what the play-by-play that I'm providing as well. We weren't able to get a monitor for me to actually read or watch off of. So I was calling the race from what I saw, and they were trying to match it up uh, based on what I was uh, what I was detailing. I think there's going to be some great opportunity to do even more in, in 2018. David, you and I always, always watch the manufacturer battle. Of course, we have the EK and Constructor Championship on the website Pretty cool to see eight different brands uh, winning this year uh, at the Super Nationals. Some, of course, coming out with some, you know, some big wins like Illuminos, Energy with another win. They've had a pretty good season as well. But eight different brands, Dave, winning this year at the Super Nats. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Well, it goes to show the the uh, diverse of the industry right now with so many different yeah. chassis brands that are being manufactured. But not only that, but just the fact that they're successful. Uh, we've seen Sodicart be successful all year long in the shifter categories. Uh, Intrepid has always been there. CRG has always been there in the shifter carts. Illuminos is now the rising star in shifter carts. Uh, OTK yeah. products have been there a long, long time. Uh, only one Tony Kart win, um, which is which just is a single win. Was, yeah. So, uh, it is. you know, Comp Kart has really been uh, improving and, and getting worldwide, especially with the guys who won from Australia, you know, Australia has a good yeah. comp cart following. So they've been able, they were able to come over and uh, win a couple here. So it's, it's very diverse um, chassis manufacturers that we see that are, and it continue. It could be even more. I mean, there's the, the Merlin brands, the other brands in there that 
we know are very competitive that have the opportunity to win. They just didn't happen to do it on this Super Sunday. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, and that's we, we do have some great brands uh, with some incredible support as part of the program. So there's David and I's highlights. Next up, uh, we're going to chat a little bit about the ECAN live broadcast. So thanks, folks. Stick with us. we got more to come live, uh, ladies and gentlemen, here on the EKN Debrief, episode number 12. Are you ready to start making money for winning races? Are you a club racer? Do you run a regional series? Are you focused on national events? It doesn't really matter because you're all eligible to start cashing in on your performances. Alpha Kart USA, the American importer of the Alpha Kart chassis, is changing the game with their new $1.5 million contingency purse program. That's right, we're going to pay out up to $1.5 million. Win a race? win money cold hard cash buy a new alpha cart tiger 40 or storm evo along with a team suit from dams inc and alpha cart usa and you'll set yourself up to support your racing program with our program national event victories will pay from 1250 to three thousand dollars to win regional races will pay from 750 to 1250 to win and club races will pay 250 to win some of the series included are the Scusa Winter Series and Pro Tour, the United States Pro Kart Series and Route 66 Series, the California and Texas Pro Kart Challenge, the Rock Cup Florida Winter Tour, Challenge of the Americas, Rock Festival and Rock the Rio, the Gear Up F Series, and astonishingly, every single club across the United States. It's time to race for money, not trophies. Win on an Alpha Kart and we'll support your program. For full details and requirements, head to damsinc.com. That's D-A-M-Z-I-N-C.com. Welcome back, folks. Rob Howden and David Cole here. I said live. It's obviously not live. It's a podcast. But uh, I'm so used to saying that. It happens. EKN Live, David. We had an awesome broadcast. Uh, it's one thing you and I, we, we really love being able to stream live. Thursday to Super Sunday this year, uh, enthusiastic listenership. You know, we always ask for people to send us photos or, or let, us, let us know where they're listening in from. We love it when someone's rolling down the road listening in a car or they're at home. or, or they're, I love when they're in the shop working on the carts themselves. We just got a lot of great feedback this year. So, of course, on behalf of you and I, I want to thank everybody. It was cool to hear from everyone, was it not? It was very cool. It's It, it makes doing the work a lot more a lot better knowing that people yeah. are actually listening in you know it's it's tough to to do all the work and and then hear nothing back and you're like oh <laughs> it's not like we're shouting in a wall or something like that people are actually on the other side listening well sometimes i feel like that but that's that could be just me <laughs> <laughs> we had some cool interviews you know we got a chance to talk to connor Dave felipe it was great to see connor there of course a guy that's gone on from karting to become a professional and a very successful sports car racer. A couple of driver analysts joined us. We had Alan Rudolph, uh, Sean Bailiff, and then on Super Sunday, Wesley Boswell uh, stopped by to chat with me a little bit. So it was cool to have some guys on on the broadcast. I want to do more of that, I think, uh, in 2018. Got to thank Supercarts USA and, of course, all our broadcast partners as well for making it happen. It's, you know, Dave, it's one of those things that for you and I, as we try to expand what we do with eCardingNews.com, the live broadcast, the podcast, really are going to become a big part of our program for 2018. 
No, I, it's it's been fun doing this year after year, and we continue to evolve it, uh, bringing on a number of different partners for each event, uh, and it just and it just further connects us to the karting community, and and it, and, <laughs> and it, it allows racers who are there at the race weekend to go back and listen and hear what was said about them from all the different announcers, you, uh, Xander, uh, Tim Coyen. We'll we'll have a few more in in 2018 as well, uh, so and a lot more events too as well. Yeah, hold on, we'll uh, we'll be coming out with our full EK and Trackside Live tour schedule pretty soon. I'm thinking we're going to be somewhere between 23 and 26 events next year. You know, David, the, the one of the funny things is that when you look back at you know our first ever live broadcast, I can't remember even what year it was, but. I know that we weren't able to get a T1 line from the Rio. I think they wanted to charge us fifteen or seventeen thousand dollars to run a T1 line out so we could do the live streaming. So I ended up buying a sat- or renting a satellite that they dropped down that we had to deploy <laughs> down in the paddock. This huge satellite. I felt like I was NASA or something at that point. Uh, we did our first live broadcast. I think we were sitting on top of a probably a twelve foot Oakley trailer. Uh, the Vegas wind almost knocked us over a couple times. Now we find ourselves in the Cooper Tire Tower. With an internet card, and away we go. It's it's been it's been a wild run so far. Yeah, well, it's amazing just to see the change in technology. Like you said, the satellite. Now we got this little card that could stream videos. I mean, before it was just it was a pain in the ass just to do audio. Now now we're now we're streaming right. videos left and right. We did we did the live stream for the LCQs, which which got a lot of people watching and tuning in for that because obviously the LCQs are something you want to watch and. And not being there, you know, you were able to to go back or to go look online and and watch. So uh, it's it's interesting to see how the technology has evolved from from the first time. I believe it was two thousand eight or two thousand nine that we did that, something like that. And, and you know what? For all the people that did get a chance to tune in and enjoyed uh, your videoing of the uh, the LCQs, David, I promise that we will buy an iPhone stabilizer for next year. So that your shaky hands don't get. It wasn't so much my shaky hands; it was cold hands because that wind was terrible. <laughs> that's true. It was. Yeah, that's very true. But we will make sure you have a stabilizer for next year, Dave. Let's jump into race uh, race reviews. Let's kick off uh, with a, a couple of Swift categories. Micro Swift um, out of the box. You know, getting things underway. Opening lap chaos takes out the front row. <laughs> I just. I think you and I both are a bit a bit blown away by that early on. That was that was tough a tough start for a couple of drivers who really had some good speed. Yeah, with Frankie Idavia, Ida, uh, Frankie Idavia, there you go. Was super fast all week long, and and just just happened to have just be at the right wrong spot at the wrong time, yeah. and he 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 got the worst of it. Uh, and basically took him out of the out of the running. So uh, you know that 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 always happens. We we see it year in and year out at the Supernats. I mean, we saw it with Jake Craig uh, the last year at the Rio. I mean, he dominated X thirty senior. You know, was the came in as the Pro Tour Championship leader. Thankfully, he earned enough points throughout that the first few days to clinch the championship before Super Sunday. But turn two got turned around, spun around. His his day was done. Yeah. Exactly. How about Microsoft? You know, we settle into what looked to be like maybe a two driver battle coming to the line. It's going to be a good fight. They go over to Circus Circus. where We kind of can't see them very well. We talked about the limited views. All of a sudden they emerge at a, at a turn 10 
and there's a pack of drivers again. <laughs> it seemed like it was going to be a two or three driver battle. It ended up being what eight guys coming across the line for the fight. It was wild. Well, that's the one thing you can count on with the micros. I mean, it, they're trying to drive like 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 <laughs> veterans, but it's the blocking and the defending. It just doesn't work out. And anytime anytime you 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 slow down in those micros, the rest of the pack can just come right up and. I think we saw like maybe 10 guys on the last lap within the lead, within the lead pack. Yeah. Vinny Phillips ended up getting the win. Miguel Costa second, Christian miles, third, Caleb Gaffera in fourth and Vinicius Tassaro last year's winner in the, in the fifth spot. That's not how they came across the line. David is, you know, I don't want to talk too much about it. We're going to have to hit it in these two swift categories, but some pretty ground shaking issues in tech uh, with, some DQs for engine work, which was really disappointing because you, you never want to see that with these young kids. They're out there pouring their heart out, racing their tails off, all expecting to be able to come through and get through tech cleanly. And when they're not able to do that, that's it's so disappointing to me. Well, it's not the first time we've seen tech decide winners. Uh, we saw yeah, it a number true. of times in, in the master's category. Uh, it What makes it worse is that these are kids. Um, these are kids who especially the micros don't work on their carts. They, if they're lucky, they maybe clean a tire or two once in a while. <laughs> so yeah. um, that's what makes it worse is the mini and micro kids. Uh, they're kids, you know, it's, it's out of their hands. It's in the hands of their parents and who their parents hire to either a take care of their cart or B maintain their, their engines. Yep. You're right. That's tough. It's, and we're going to, it happened again. Uh, in the mini Swift class, where and so in in micro, a couple drivers in the top five getting DQ'd for uh, something to do with the. With, I, you know, I'm not going to go all the way into the technical side of it, but, but modification to the pistons, uh, which of course illegal and in my opinion disgusting. Uh, moving into mini Swift, David, uh, mega battle. Let's just call it mega battle between the Scusa Pro Tour champion and the champions of both the IAMI International Final and the Rock Cup International Final. Uh, Carson Morgan, Brent Cruz, and Connor Zilich. For all of drop the hammer, the battle we were hoping for kind of uh, developed. And these three drivers, so much talent, hammered at it, went at each other. It was awesome. Well, the mini field, I mean, there are probably a number of other guys that could have been in this fight. But uh, these three were able to to be smart and get away from the rest of the group. And, yeah. and on, on Super Sunday, that's exactly what you want to do is get away from the melee and just go out there and decide it yourselves. And and so with Morgan, Cruz, and Zillage uh, out front, it was it was a great battle. It was a great chess game. It was just to see who was going to strike when, who was going to be the dominant one. And uh, and we saw Morgan come away and hold off on the on the last lap there. It it wasn't kind of interesting to watch how they were like the chess game they were playing, where they wanted to be. You wondered if they wanted the lead. Morgan would go to the lead. You know, Zilich would try to come back. It was interesting that Zilich and Cruz were kind of, you know what? I'm good. I'm good in second. Morgan really, really wanted the lead. And to see the mindset of the drivers, where they wanted to be, I found that to be very interesting. Uh, Morgan, of course, coming across the line with the win. But again, you talk about the fact that we had some issues. Uh, Carson, one of the drivers getting uh, DQ'd. Uh, bumped in tech. Brent Cruz got bumped from tech as well. The same engine builder, uh, which is which is of course uh, there's your there's your your common denominator and and disappointing as it was. Zilich ends up with the win. Diego Conteca in second. Uh, Santiago Tresini up to third. Jeremy Fletcher in fourth, and Guillermo Figueroa in the fifth spot. How about the run though, David? For Kai Sorensen, rookie driver in the uh, in the Mini Swift class, started forty first. 
drove his way up to 20th. And, you know, that's the kind of quality racing you want to see. You want to see drivers making the move forward, getting that, get making that kind of progression, but racing smart and being able to go get through to, to the top 20. I, I'm so impressed by what Kai was able to do. Well, obviously he had issues in the heat races, which kept him from qualifying directly yeah. into the main event. So using his uh, pro cart uh, championship, he was able to get into the, um, the, the main event. So yeah, yeah. just, just, I mean, I think sometimes you starting that far back, you, you kind of have the advantage to get away from all the, the, the bad stuff that happens on the opening corners. So I'm not quite sure exactly. Uh, I wasn't able to follow him on the first couple of laps, but yeah, just to be, just to be able to come away and say, you know, I passed 21 guys in 12 laps. I mean, that's, that's an, an accomplishment in itself. And you're right. Staying away from the opening lap chaos, then going to work. How about, wrapping up the mini swift review here with just a pretty solid little resume for uh for connor zilich a couple of decent wins in the last month of the year <laughs> yeah well he was well he him and Cruz being the uh the world title winners were our ecan driver of the month for october both of them shared yeah. that honor uh you know so he he definitely has a great resume from 2017 uh he probably could have won the couple of wka championships but he had to go to the rock race so uh, that took took a couple of those away, um, but yeah, overall, I mean, this kid, I mean, he's he's another one of those strong cadet drivers that we've seen just continually to improve and improve and improve. And I'm really looking forward to see what he can do in the future. We'll get and we'll just let Connor know you're not going to win Driver of the Month for November. No, you're not going to get two in a row. No, enjoy October. No, <laughs> although we did a great job. <laughs> All right, folks, another break here on the EKN Debrief Podcast. David Cole and I really reviewing the Supercarts USA Super Nationals. Again, a true debrief, the way this podcast will be throughout 2018. Stick with us on the other side of this break. X30 Junior, X30 Master, and X30 Senior. All I am after this break. This is Rob Howden, the editor-in-chief and publisher of eCardingNews.com. I hit over 20 events a year. And on many occasions, I end up calling races with the Luminos drivers up front. This is the Pro Tour, California Pro Car Challenge, Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, all the same. The Luminos drivers in the fight for the win. The Luminos team is impressive, and they're a threat to win whenever and wherever they set up the tent. The custom-designed Illuminos chassis have been on fire this year, winning the California Pro Kart Challenge titles in S1, S2, S5, and S4 Supermaster. The chassis was tested and developed for the U.S. market, but it's still fully homologated for use across the world. The design features an innovative waste torsion system that provides for unparalleled chassis tuning. The kart is completed with magnesium components, and it's the only manufacturer offering 100% ceramic brakes. The Illuminos is one of the best-looking carts on the market, and it's winning at every level, particularly at the top step in S1. Drivers just love the feel of the chassis. The Illuminos RS1 is the most popular model, a 32mm design with a mixture of soft tubing. The Rio is all 32mm soft tube, and it's the model that most of the shifter drivers in Vegas will be racing. Finally, the Estrel. It's an all 30mm tubing design, and it holds the track record at both Cal Speed and Monterey. Illuminos has some great drivers in their program, and they're thrilled to invite new pilots like Colton Griffin, Jimmy McNeil, Mike Mantell, 
John Cavacuti, Brian Keck, and Cabot Bingham. Illuminos, American design, Italian manufacturer, built for carving in the United States. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief Podcast. David Cole and Rob Howden. DC X30 Jr. Uh, wow. Just I, the, the only really word I want to use is wow, because the battle up front was just tremendous to watch. And again, really, in the end, it was it was Jack Crawford who, who stepped things up for what may be his best performance ever. Without a doubt. I mean, being a junior rookie and to come in and kind of like what we saw with Tyler Gonzalez last year, just come in and, and, and score the victory. Uh, we've seen we've seen Crawford do the same throughout the year, being a very uh, strong contender throughout the year. Didn't quite have enough to get the Pro Tour championship, but ending up vice champion and now going to Vegas and just show that he has the skill set to run up front anywhere he goes. Yeah. I, for for me, it was his show of poise and and not even I won't say patience because he pushed hard the whole time, but the poise he was able to show. He got he got challenged by Brock Feeney, but he just nailed those laps. Especially, you know, in all the twenty one of these races that I've called, it's it's the way a driver performs over those last five laps. You know, you can run around for the first half of the race mid race or knocking the laps, whatever it may be, but it's those last five laps in the biggest race in the world where you really have to perform. You have to calm yourself. You have to stay focused. You can't make those mistakes that happen when you realize you have a chance to win a big race like you do. And for Jack to be able to do what he did, I was supremely impressed. National number two on the season caps it off uh, with a, a you know a win at the Supernats. Where Jack's going to go next year, with, whether we see him in carts or whether he goes to cars full-time, I don't know. Uh, but whatever it was, it, it was a, a really impressive run for him. Uh, Brock Feeney ended up in second, and Jeremy Fairbairn. Great run for Jeremy. Kind of a breakout race for Jeremy uh, to cap off your top three. Fourth on the podium, and I'll tell you, and I think this was, again, what is expected to be his last cart race for now. He's moving to the F4 series next year. But David Dylan Tavella, national number one, started back in the 19th position, was absolutely remarkable, knifing his way up into fourth. I think you and I followed him for a lot of the race because the, the overtakes he was making were the ones you've made when you've been in junior for three years. Decisive, taking over the apex. Every pass he made was decisive and strong. Well, he had the fastest cart in the field. There was no doubt yeah. about that, dropping the fastest lap of the race. But like you said, he he was one of those cadet drivers that was very uh, calculative and just timed out his passes when he wanted to time where he wanted to be in the in the lead group. Just it just had a type of not really perfection, but just just uh, poise, just poise that you see in senior drivers. And and he was racing cadets. Yeah. So now that he's been in the junior ranks uh, three years now, I believe this was his third year he was able to to learn the uh the bigger cards and obviously because of his size he's now definitely gotten a little bit bigger than what he used to be so it's probably a little easier probably a little easier to tune the go-kart now and that's what i think you know i i really <laughs> think so you know you, it's tough to be this little guy in 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 a full-size cart i wouldn't know anything yeah. about that you wouldn't know anything about that so it, it's no i would not it's no. tough to to judge that but this year you know he he was impressive and and Super Sunday Drive was very impressive to see him do that. I'm sure they would like to have capped off the the carding career with a win at the Super Nats, but I think that other than winning that drive from from 19th up to fourth, uh, 
is one that we'll probably remember uh, for the next number of years. Great drive for Dylan Tavella. Capping off the top five in the X30 Junior Class, a, a really fantastic run as well for Sebastian Montoya. Just consistent all uh, all week long. He was there. He was in the hunts. Sebastian really kind of a breakout race for him as well. Great run for Sebastian. Moving now into X30 Master. David, This, you know, when you and I did the preview podcast, we were just checking off all the names of the guys who have won here before. And that's one of the things about Masters Racing that you and I always discuss is that these guys don't go anywhere. It's not like X30 Junior where you talk about a junior driver and then he goes to senior. The Masters guys, the pros are going to be here for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And you get the Kip Fosters, the the Neen Cotters, the Derek Wangs. Uh, these guys that have been around for a long time, you know are going to be in the fight every time. Great racing this year uh, in X30 Master. Disappointing with what we saw on Super Sunday when they had to, when they actually elected to cut the race short three laps uh, after they exploded one of the water barriers. Well, it's it's partly Scusa and it's partly on them. I mean, for them, why are you running into the barriers? Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, but you know, with true. it being with true. it being Super Sunday, having ten main events, it was kind of a time crunch. Yeah, we have lights, but again, we we wanted to be done at a specific amount of time, and we were already behind schedule at that time. And so it was partly on them, partly on Scusa, because Scusa should have never had those water barriers there in the first place. We've already talked about that. It's, again, something that they need to improve on. Sure. But, yes, it, it's tough to see the, the race come to an end. I would have loved to have seen a green-white checkered, but we don't we didn't really know how long it was going to take to clean up that that area of the racetrack. So um, that, that, was, that was the main part of why I think they called the race early. And, you know, I, I, no, I think you're correct. I think the fact is it's on the drivers for wrecking and it's on Scusa for not ha- for calling it and not having the uh, a, a Scribner in front of, you know, another barrier in front of the water barriers. One thing people have to remember, and it may not be you, but there are a lot of people that book flights out of Vegas on Sunday. I don't think it's a good idea, but of course, they're trying to get their kids back to school, whatever it may be. People are trying to get out of there early. So the concept is we're trying to do a time-specific schedule so we know that we're going to be done by X amount of time. And it's one of the reasons why we we always, when we did Scoos in, in the Supernats in the early days, we always had the podiums right after each race. You want to have that emotion of guys coming out of the carts right to the win, but it also allows people to pack up and leave if they wanted. And that really has been one of the things that there's been good feedback on because we always got you know the parents of the, of the micros and the minis complaining that we had to wait until six or seven o'clock at night or eight o'clock at night to do the uh the podium so time crunch always plays it tough one of course for the drivers in x30 master that ends up giving chris walton uh the race win kip foster ended up in second paulo lopez third matt johnson a great run to fourth and fifth was leonardo neencotter and david i think you said it green white checker would have been nice because you go through that top five that we just mentioned the guys that were on the podium and you know <laughs> those last couple of laps we're going to be good because it's not like they were separated when we went when we went red. It was gonna it was gonna be a battle of the end. Neen Cotter was coming on strong. He had turned the fast lap of the race. He was coming. Matt Johnson was ready to battle. I think that would have been a great fight, especially with Kip Foster in second. It was going to be a fight for the race win, without a doubt. I mean, you got just the top ten. I mean, you got Renato David, the the defending winner, down at ninth. I mean, anything could have happened in the la- those last couple of laps. So. And with it being Super Sunday, it could have been a, a big chaos and it could have been anybody who came away with the win. So um, it would have been nice to see the green, white checkered or something similar to that. But, uh, you know, Scusa made the call and it was what it was. And again, you know, there, there's, there's certain people 
I mean, he knows who he is, who was complaining about, well, my cart was just coming in. Well, if it was a green, white checkered, was your cart going to be really ready for a, a, a like a second stint on your those tires? Because again, carts act a lot different after they sit for what maybe I would say probably it would have been a 10 minute delay, if yeah. not longer, longer, longer. And you know, I, I didn't even think about that. What a great point. Anybody whose car was just starting to come in after 13 laps would have been out to lunch. You're exactly right. That's a very good point, David. Let's move into X30 Senior. Uh, obviously, a lot of controversy here as well. Let's talk about that after the fact that we give the props to Cart Republic for doing a damn good job. Uh, Dino Chiesa, brand new team, the Cart Republic program. Talk about a debut, David. Dazzling debut. Uh, Lorenzo Travisanuto comes out and essentially waxes the field in X30 Senior. He ends up getting a, th- a three-position penalty for punching off before the start window. There was a couple of cones up there. There was a full start box to be able to start in. He rolled on the throttle beforehand. There's been a lot of conversation about it looking at the video. It's pretty damn easy to stand right there. You know there's an official standing right there before the box. He's going to see the guy rolling on. You're going to hear the engine spool up. You start before the box, you're going to get a penalty. Should the penalty have been three positions or should it have been a time penalty? I think the latter should have been a time penalty. He had smoked the field by enough that the time penalty was going to, probably going to give him the win anyways, which I think would have been more fitting. But right now, regardless, the you know the impact was made. Travis Anuto, Cart Republic, damn impressive out of the box at, at the Super Nationals. Well, you hit on a number of topics. So first, let me start off with Cart Republic. I'll let you roll through, David. The floor yeah. is yours. Cart, Re- Cart Republic. It could have easily been a one-two finish because Danny Curley was dominant early on until he uh, was involved in a little bit of contact with the barrier and uh, in a heat race and, and took him out of contention. But he was able to climb up to 11th from 26. So it, he could have easily been the, the possible winner or provisional winner along with Travis Anudo. Um Agreed. So that was, yeah, that was good to see. It was great to see them make a debut at the Super Nationals. We saw that with Comcart. Comcart kind of made their debut at the Super Nationals as well. And now we've seen that brand grow. So uh, this could be another brand that we could see growing here in the United States and worldwide. So it'd be, it'll be interesting to see where that brand goes. Um, I want to talk about the start because there's a couple of things that people may not know about it. It, it, was, it was a penalty that was handed out a number of times throughout the weekend. It might not have been the pole sitter. It might've been the off, off pole sitter. Uh, it, it was done in LCQs. It cost, uh, I believe one driver, Caden Wharf, the opportunity to go in the final because he punched off too early, lost three positions yep. and thus was not able to go in the main event. Um, but if you look in the rule book, the penalty States one position, three position, or it's all done by position. It's not done by time. So that may be something that Scusa needs to address here, uh, rather doing a penalty by time or by position. But right now, the rule book says, says position, so they have to go by position. It, it, it's, it's, it's probably not a, a fan favorite, but it's what the rules state. And I think they, I'm, I'm, I'm happy they stuck to their guns and they've been doing that. And I just got the penalty... Uh, sheet from the Supernat. So I'll be going, I'm, and in my column, I'm going to be going through and counting the number of penalties that were assessed throughout the weekend. It's it's not very minimal. I mean, 
I think in one day there were maybe 20 penalties in one class. And we're talking like the Friday day where there was two heat races, maybe four heat races in a class. So, I mean, you're talking, there were penalties handed out all week long. So it's not like these were selective. This was a selective penalty. It wasn't. They punched off before he got to the cone. It's a penalty. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's black and white. white. I was trying to think of the word. Yeah. Again, I think, David, you're correct. I look forward to, to seeing your column. Of course, David uh, always wraps up uh, the weekends with his From the Tower column. Look for that on ecardinews.com coming soon. Nonetheless, so uh, bottom line, as I said, Travis Anuto, impressive. What a, uh, Just a, a stellar drive other than punching off early. That's going to pass the win over to Joshua Carr. Tough. I had to do it a couple times, actually. As the announcer, I'm rolling down there. I'm getting the, you know, the grid that I'm going to do the podium with. I was the guy that had to tell Lorenzo that he didn't win the race. He was obviously quite surprised, as was Joshua Carr. Uh, it's tough, you know, that you know they're going to go back and look at the video uh, with the protest. I don't know if they did or not. I'm assuming they probably did. Nonetheless, a great run for Travis Nuto. Uh, he ends up in fourth. Uh, Joshua Carr with the win uh, on the comp cart, as David had said. Ben Barnico, great drive for the guys from Fullerton, USA. Uh, Barnico, just a talented driver man they were in the hunt all weekend long that chassis of course uh, a great piece of material barnicote ends up in second callum bradshaw on the crg for crg nordam in third uh lorenzo travis Anuto in fourth and ryan norberg up five spots from 10th to fifth the national number one plate holder uh showing very well david cole up to the fifth spot in uh, x30 senior yeah any t- i want to go back to barnicote anytime you have terry fullerton working on your machine um it's mm-hmm. it's a win-win yeah, that that guy is very legendary. But uh, sure. Norberg, yeah, top finishing American, got a little uh, heat during the uh, early week of the of the event uh, from PSL Karting about not <laughs> picking him on the podium. So hey, he showed it to us. And that's exactly what we wanted to see. We wanted to see him step up because that's I know you love that, David. Is. Well, again, it I was know you only love that. A, it was only his second start at the Super Nationals. I mean. It, it, he doesn't have a lot of experience yep. there, so it, it's it's a different ball game from racing at Newcastle to Vegas. It's a different ball game. So I, I I was glad to see Norberg step up because we saw him step up over in France and finish on the podium there at the IME International Final. So I, I I truly believe now Norberg has proven to me that he is among the top drivers in the country right now. There you go, Dave, from Dave, from the mouth of David Cole. That's uh, going to cap off our IAMI uh, reviews from the Super Nationals on, the, on this particular debrief. Stick with us, folks. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk S4. Stick with us. Quality, innovation, and a commitment to success. That's TV Cart USA. Within a sea of mainstream chassis, TB Kart USA is taking the American karting market by storm, winning races all over the country. We have a full lineup of chassis for all categories, beginning with our kit and cadet carts. For Yamaha and Tag, we offer our S55 line of chassis. And for the shifter drivers, our TB Kart S197 is the perfect fit. If you're a Briggs 206 racer, you need our purpose-built four-cycle chassis that's based on our proven TB Kart S55 geometry. 
We have arrived and drive programs available for the upcoming Scusa Winter Series in the 206 Senior Class, and we'll be offering seats for the main IAMI and Stock Honda classes as well. If you're looking for a team to race with, give us a call. We offer all levels of support, local and national events. We are here to help get you your personal racing program to the next level. Team TV Cart USA is here to work with you in achieving your goals. For more information, check us out online at www.tvcartusa.com. In racing, you always want to be focused on improvement. Improving your driving, your braking, your lines, and your understanding of chassis dynamics. At the Rawls Performance Group, we specialize in driver development and providing a platform to maximize every opportunity for success. Our staff is made up of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. We're dedicated to your development, your constant improvement, and your success. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. It's what we do. We win. RPG can provide training and trackside support for many of the sport's biggest programs. In 2018, we'll be running the Supercar USA Pro Tour, Winter Series, the Super Nationals, and both the California Pro Kart Challenge and the Can-Am Karting Challenge. If you're looking forward to 2018 and you want to explode out of the gate to put in the best season of your life, call us to reserve a space under our tent for the inaugural Scusa Winter Series. We'll be in Florida to win championships, and we'd love to have you with us. Welcome back. EKN Debrief Podcast, the Super Nationals edition. From now on, moving forward, the Debrief Podcasts are going to be focused all on the past weekend, David and I will sit down and, and do a debrief on what we saw. We'll do race by race, but we'll also talk a lot about what we saw throughout the weekend. David, S4 Master and S4 Supermaster, you know, just a really great program in terms of having guys 30 and 45 years of age and older in their respective categories, giving them the opportunity to race at the highest level. And S4, although not a massive field, like 24 drivers, Really some great competitors stepping up. We had a, a handful of drivers who really showed the way early. Uh, but the bottom line is for S4 Master Stock Honda, this weekend was all about Ryan Kinnear. He absolutely dominated the Super Nationals. And good for him. Ryan's been a top driver uh, for the last number of years. But you got to give him props stepping up in what has been a tough second half of the season for Ryan. It was kind of redemption because I remember, if I recall, either the, the last year at the Rio or it might have been – the 2013 season where he was competing for the S2 win and was right in it and right in it. And it was like a dollar part that took him out of the race and cost him a chance either at the pro tour championship or just the victory itself. So I think it was a little bit of redemption. It was a little bit of a tribute and just, just to get the first win. I think it all, a lot of, you know, it was really emotional for, for Kinnear to, to be able to pull this off and for champion racing, to get back on top of the podium. I know, they love the Supernats. They love being there each and every year. We, we've seen them. We've seen them be the dominant force. We've seen them struggle, but it's great to see them go back on top again. Yeah, for Ryan, uh, obviously losing his uh, his longtime tuner, Alan uh, Bordes, the French Frenchy, as they called him. Uh, for him to be able to do that, when I when he got out of the car. After having won, the relief you could see in his face, having got the job done, I just it was amazing to watch. And, and for, kudos to, to Ryan for for really what was a, a flawless performance throughout the entire week. He just kept nailing it, kept nailing it. 
that kept making the car better and better and better. And for him to be able to step up in the final, uh, just did a, tr- a tremendous job. Props go, I think, as well, David, to Terry Lawrence. How about the guys from eShifterCart.com and the CKR chassis line? Uh, those guys came over. They were running in the KZ category as well. But Terry Lawrence, a guy that, and I think he's, I don't think he gets the props he's probably due in terms of the fact that Terry's a guy that can run anything. We're talking IKF Duffy winner in four cycle. You put this guy in an unlimited all-stars dirt cart, he'll drive that. He'll two cycle, shifter, you name it. Terry's got a lot of talent, and he really, I think he stepped up his game and put him, put his name back into the into the, the the limelight, the spotlight, with what was really just a consistent performance all weekend. Well, not only him, but a number of other drivers that we haven't seen all year long that were able to be strong in Vegas, and it, it's it's very difficult to to do that. I mean, it's not like jumping on a bike and you just go for it. But thankfully, with the Supernats, it's a week long. Uh, preparation where you get you can get better and yep. better and you want to be better when it comes Super Sunday and obviously Terry was at his best uh, on Super Sunday along with Jason Faint uh, coming up to finish second uh, on again yeah, late race pass a, a Sodi cart you know the that that package is is certainly uh, among the dominant ones in the shifter programs but yeah you know, Jason Faint and Terry Lawrence and then Muster was there all week long until I believe it was the Heat three where an engine let go and and kind of hurt his chances of starting on the front row. So that might've cost him the victory as well too. And then, but Jimmy, well, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I think you're right. I think, I think if he started on the front row, the fight would have been there between him and Kinnear. If you look at it, you know, Jordan started what, I think fifth and he just, he had good speed, but everybody had good speed. He just wasn't able to move forward. You know what I mean, David? It just, that's how tight this category is. He just wasn't able to move forward. And of course, Ryan able to stretch away. Yep. And then again, Jimmy McNeil, another driver who we hadn't seen all year long, come up to finish fifth, be the fastest cart out there on the Illuminos. Uh, so we go ahead. We say we talked to we talked to Jimmy quite a bit, and he was just beating his head, wasn't he? Because he I just man, I just I'm missing this, I'm missing that. They made wholesale changes on the car. It was his first time on the Illuminos, I believe. I think he did a little testing on the Illuminos, but Jimmy he he admitted to us. He just I haven't driven all year long. He's been you know spending time with the family out at the ranch and uh, and. When you're running in this S4 category, he just he laughed. The fact that he's just he was just behind the eight ball a little bit, and that's what like this. Look at the look at the top ten, David Kinnear, Faint, Lawrence, Musser, McNeil. Your top five: Alan Michelle, Chris Jennings, Tiffany Chittenden, Mike Mantell, Rob Logan. You're talking race wins, pro tour wins, number one plates, the stacked the field. The top ten was stacked. I will say, in the preview, I said that that Tiffany Chittenden was going to be in the top ten. And she ended up eighth. So I got a good run on that one. But David, this is just a stacked top ten. Yeah, and then Logan, he he had an engine change, so that cost his starting position. Otherwise, he probably could have been able to to compete for a podium spot as well. So it's just and yeah. it, fast lap of the race. And again, like we talked about with X thirty Master, these these guys, all the all ten of these drivers are gonna be there again next year. So for anybody wanting to come in and try and win at the Supernats, you gotta beat these ten guys and girls. Yeah, not not one of those top ten are going to be turning forty five. So get ready. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of the speaking of the forty five plusers, the rock stars in the S four Supermasters class. This cl- class continues to grow. And again, like we said, you don't lose drivers. The only reason you lose a driver from from uh, from from S four Supermasters is if they decide to retire off into the pasture. Otherwise, uh, they're going to keep racing. David, you know I. There's an importance of winning the Supernationals. And I, the kids, 
you know, I don't think the kids fully, fully get it. <laughs> and, you know, any, anybody probably 15 or 16 and lower, that's eh, a big deal. But some of these career carters have been doing it for a long time. You know, I remember when Ethan Wilson won that race at the Rio and I'm interviewing him after the race. He ended up getting DQ'd in tech, but we interviewed him before tech and he was in absolute tears. It was the same thing for Mike Jones. Here's a guy who has won a ton of kart races through his career. But to be flawless like he was, going into the race, you and I both knew he was going to be a challenger for the race win, national number two, but flawless all weekend long, holding back who we, I think, figured was probably going to be the guy to win, Bonner Moulton. The tears in Mike's eyes when he got out of the, out of the cart after winning, that shows just how important this race is to people. Without a doubt. I mean, that's that's why we do it. It's it's for the moment, these type of moments. It could be just the moments of spending time with your dad, or it could be these big, huge victories that you score. And 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 again, Jones is another guy that puts decades of time into the sport. And yeah, he's got a number of Duffy wins and this and that. But but to be able to be the best at the Super Nationals, that's what everybody's striving to be at right now over the last 21 years. You want to be the best at Super Nationals. Yeah, a lot of wins for the Dallas Karting Complex Sodi Kart team uh, in 2017. At the Super Nats, though, Mike Jones is the one that gives him the the, the big victory. Good one for him. Uh, Bonner Moulton and John Crow finishing second and third. They were there all weekend long. How about Robert Marks? Now, now, number one, Marks is, what, 56, 57 years of age? So, you know, that's just badass level right there anyways to be, you know, two times a national champion, the whole deal. Uh but dude, the guy ran the Super Nationals with a broken rib. Give me <laughs> what? That's crazy. He's he's a bigger badass than me and you combined. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. It's it, to be able to run a, a street circuit like that with a broken rib. You know, we've all had that. You know, a lot of guys. Well, I said we all, but you know, I've I've done it and, and I've gutted out at the end of a race after having popped a rib. But to spend a weekend doing that and they're running to fourth, I'm telling you, Robert Marks is. Uh, Definitely a talent, and he really embodies the spirit, I think, of this of this S4 Supermasters category. And one of the reasons why it's going to continue to get bigger and bigger because guys continue to hit that 45-year-old mark. They're getting a chance to play in their own sandbox. And one of the things I love about Supercarts USA, as we talk about all the time, their focus and their real support of Masters Racing, and now Supermasters Racing, has given these guys a chance to come and play on a very high level of competition. Yeah, and again, these guys aren't going away. <laughs> no, no. They'll be back next year That's for more. Right. I love it. Uh, Nick Firestone capping off the top five, and if we look at the hard charger, an eight-position advancement from 24th up to 16th for Vicky Bryan, the the young lady. Say, I'll say the young lady from Florida. Let's call her that. It's a supermaster, so the young lady from Florida coming up. Uh, great job for Vicky. Uh, David, let's uh, – Head to one more break here uh, before we rock into S2, S1, and KZ. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the EKN Debrief Podcast on the EKN Radio Network. Are you a cart shop owner looking for a new line of products to put on your sales shelf? If so, it's time to make a call to Courtney Concepts. Courtney Concepts is excited to introduce white box brake pads, which are available for Tony Kart and OTK, CRG Ven 05, Burrell Art, and Bennett Karts. They are available in medium and hard compounds. Courtney is also a distributor for a number of popular products used every weekend at the car track, including Motul Oil, RK and Regina Chain, and NKP. 
Other products that Courtney Concepts is proud to distribute include Eichel bearings, coil bearings, ARS oil seals, XAM sprockets, and Frixa brake rotors and pads. For more information on the products we distribute, head to CourtneyConcepts.com. The 2018 season is just around the corner, and Trinity Carding Group is fired up and ready to take up the challenge. We're a full-service racing operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. We utilize Tony Kart, OTK, and IANI products, and we're your source for Avinco Tires in the Midwest. For 2018, we have Arrive and Drive race programs available for the Supercarts USA Winter Series and the Pro Tour, the WKA Manufacturers Cup, and of course, the KRA Series at Newcastle Motorsports Park. If you have your own equipment, we can provide the trackside support you need to take your program to the next level. If you're interested in running with a professional team with full support, coaching, and hospitality, give us a call. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We pride ourselves on our professional approach and our positive attitude. Driver development is a big part of our program, and if your desire is to graduate into Formula Car Racing, we are the official karting feeder operation for Team Peltry, the championship-winning junior formula squad on the Mazda Road to Indy. If IndyCar is your ultimate goal, we can help pave the way. Let us build a custom race program for you. If you're new to the sport or a seasoned pro, we can take care of your kart racing desires. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitykartinggroup.com. Welcome back. Rob Howden alongside David Cole, the EKN Radio Network, rocking and rolling through an EKN debrief. Episode number 12 here in 2017. S2, S1, KZ. Top-level shifter racing. David, let's start with S2. Semi-pro stock Honda. Another guy that I had to tell after coming across the line that he did not actually win. Jason Pettit from Illuminos uh, jumping the start. Uh, ends up walking away to, to a real, not ends up going to a very impressive win, able to hold off national number one, Riley Dickinson. I told Jason after it happened, of course, the guy doesn't win the race. It's gutting to have to tell somebody that they didn't actually win because of a penalty. But I told Jason, you led early, you got passed, you re- retook the lead, which is impressive. Then you hold off the national number one plate holder to get the on-track win. Even though Jason didn't get the victory in the end, what he was able to do, I, I'm i thoroughly impressed. Jason really stepping up on the absolute biggest stage. Well, he, he shined throughout the season at the California Pro Kart Challenge, but yeah. over the last couple of years, he quite hasn't been able to, to, sh- to, to, to put in a strong performance at the Pro Tour. So to be able to see him do what he did at the Super Nationals, like you said, was was pretty stout. And it's just gut wrenching to to see a penalty like that, you know, decide take away the victory like that. But again, you know, that's it's it's part of racing, and it, it's it is what it is. It is. You're right. It is what it is. Start line infractions, especially in the shifter car category, pretty easy to see. And I know everybody says, "Oh, I saw the video. He didn't jump." When you see the video, you can't see the light. And it, I, I, we've always said this: 
it's pretty easy to pick up a start line infraction, especially if you're the pole sitter. When the light goes out, they're going to be able to see whether or not. But the bottom line is Jason Pettit ends up finishing in fourth, but he did put on a show. Uh, the eventual victor ends up being Laurent uh, Marchandise, the uh, the French driver for CRG and CRG Nordam. He finishes second on the racetrack, scores the win. Colin Daly up there to second. Riley Dickinson caps off a fantastic season with a third-place finish. Of course, national number one plate holder. Pettit in fourth and Emiliano Salazar in fifth. Fast lap goes to Sky Finley. Overall, David, uh, were you surprised by the drivers who turned in the, the performances they did? Or I know in the preview, you, you we obviously knew Dickinson was going to be there, but you threw out Colin Daly knowing he was going to be quick. You threw out Sky Finley. He was quick, ended up in sixth position. Overall, probably the drivers we expected to be in there, except for you, you probably could have thought Cole, uh, Cole Bailey might have been in there if it wasn't for some issues in the heat races. Well, Salazar was a was a, certainly a, a surprise. We hadn't seen him all season long. True. And to see him, I mean, he, him and Pettit were the top two guys throughout the heat races. Uh, and he led, obviously, early on in the race, but uh, got shuffled back into, into the fifth spot. Um, and so it was it was interesting to see him up there. But, yeah, Finley, uh, we, we kind of knew was going to be there. Bailey was there. Ads had to come up into the top ten from starting out from starting 17th. So he kind of struggled yeah. early on. Uh, Rory Vanderster had, had some issues, um, was quick. But again, he just didn't quite have have the, the the finished pace on Super Sunday to to be able to hang in there. But again, the S two with with it being sold out, there was a number of contenders in there. Um, and again, any one of them could have been there. But it was it was Pettit that that certainly shined throughout the week. Let's move to S one, and for me, it's just you know it's one of those deals in S one. This class always so hardcore, so high intensity. You just simply can't make mistakes. You have to be on your game. And you throw in a couple of the, you know, the European factory drivers who wanted to come play. Jeremy Iglesias was in it. Paul DeCanto came to run. But Billy Musgrave, really, this may be, David, his single best performance ever as, as Billy steps up, challenged all weekend long, running that Luminos chassis. And for him to get the win like he did, again, the absolute pure joy <laughs> when he got out of the car having won that race just made no mistakes. And I think that's just one of those performances. He was challenged. He really responded and scored the big win. Just an amazing run for, for Billy Musgrave. Well, Musgrave was just, just flawless all week long. Uh, I mean, he was, he was certainly on his game throughout the week and that's what you have to do in order to be fast at the super nationals. But, but yeah, the combination of him and the luminous, the, the, the time and effort that they've put in throughout the season to, to be fast, uh, it's it's amazing. And then it's what you have to do to be fast in the S1 category. You know, David, Musgrave pressured aggressively near the end by by Jake French, national number one, really, you know, number one ranked driver in EKN, essentially the number one shifter cart driver in the country right now. Is this that big step for Musgrave? Didn't make that mistake. You know, we've watched him be fast and he'll make, you know, he just maybe wasn't quite there sometimes. Is this this one weekend that that maybe turn the turn things for him for next year as well? Because this guy comes out of the box challenged aggressively first by Iglesias, then by French. This could be one of those performances that gives him not so much even confidence, but it's that turning point where he just was absolutely flawless. Well, I think he's he's kind of been there. I mean, he's won the last at least once the last three years on the Pro Tour. Uh, he's a four time Pro Kart yep. Challenge champion. Uh, so again, yeah, maybe it's just big stage jitters. I mean, maybe he's finally over that, but again, he won at the super Nats in 2012, uh, in S two. So, sure. um, 
you know, it's, maybe it's a combination of things, you know, like you said, maybe a little bit, no mistakes definitely helps and, and keeps you uh, at the front of the field. So it's racing. It's, it's a fickle game. You just never know when you're going to be on it and when you're going to be off of it. And it, it just happened to be that. I think he was just on it this week. I mean, Iglesias was right there. I mean, it's something we've seen with French for the last, I think, year and a half. I mean, he has been on the podium at every race he's gone to. So um, maybe maybe this now starts something with Musgrave where he's going to be on the podium every race he goes to. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. So Musgrave with the win, French in second. Gary Carlton was right there throughout the weekend, ended up in the uh, the third position. Matt Hamilton in fourth, and Joshua Fife rounding out your top five. Nick Leduc, after some issues in the heat races, uh, including a little flip, Starts well down in the field in 23rd, ends up driving up to 7th as your hard charger. Good run uh, for Nick Leduc. Let's cap off the gearbox categories. In fact, let's cap off our race reviews, David, with KZ. Uh, right in the middle of this schedule here this past year, this past year put up uh, right in the middle of Super Sunday. Great light for the TV broadcast, of course, on CBS Sport Network, which is going to be coming out in December. You know what? It's It seemed to me you want a guy like, Iglesias to win. He looked really good in the heat races. Anthony Abbas stepping up. Always nice to have a new winner, uh, you know, take open the $10,000. But lurking back there in the top five all week, Paulo DeCanto, it's almost like he was saying, you know, I'm good. Ah, cart's pretty good. Oh, it's Sunday? I'm ready to go now. <laughs> you know what I mean? He just works his way to the front on Sunday and ends up with a, essentially a dominant win. Just another great one for DeCanto. And he goes and joins that three win club as well. Well, it's kind of like poker where he was sitting there holding the aces. It just wasn't showing it. <laughs> yes. It wasn't showing it. And then, you know, finally, last card came on the board. Boom. All in. And he went all in. And, I mean, it was just – it was like a it was like a switch. It was like, boom. Yeah. He, it was like he gained like three-tenths. But So, you know, maybe he was just sitting back there all week long, or maybe it was they, they just finally found the right setup for Super Sunday. But uh, it was an amazing performance by a, a world champion. Yeah, he flexed his muscles in the main event to win his third KZ final. I'd like to get all the cast because, of course, he's been on the podium as well. But just first place finishes, the three first place finishes, he has already taken home over $40,000 from Supercarts USA. Pretty uh, solid uh, money record for Paulo DeCanto in the CRG Nordam entry. Uh, Jeremy Iglesias ends up in second. Man, got to be gutted for him because he really wanted that win. Anthony Abbas rounds out the top three. Boss Lammers, final run for Sodicard after three years with the French manufacturer, uh, finishes fourth. And Alex Orlando uh, rounding out your top five. Before we cap things off with KZ, how about Matias Ramirez? He gave me something to talk about throughout the, the race. Great battle up front. But Matias started 29th, David, all the way up into the eighth position. This kid is a talent on the Burrell for Anderson Racing. Well, we've seen it on the big stage with him being uh on the podium at the Rotax Grand Finals. So uh it's it, big stage is no stranger to him. And the kid's got a lot of confidence. We've seen we've talked to him. I mean even 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 Saturday night after the issues that he had. You know, he's he's got a lot right. a lot of confidence. So that's something you need to have to be a good driver. And so uh, it it'll be interesting to see I, where he goes from here. I believe they call that confidence swagger. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bit of he got a bit of a chip on his shoulder. I don't know about that. I like it. All right, let's go into one more break. We'll cap it off, ladies and gentlemen. Stick with us, David. Now wrap things up here on the debrief.
in a sport where the difference between winning and losing is measured in hundreds of a second, you can't afford to leave anything on the table. You invest in the best equipment, the latest components, and top-of-the-line data acquisition systems. Anything to find one more tent, right? I'll tell you right now, the best investment you could ever make is in yourself. If you want to improve your results, it's time for professional instruction and coaching at the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy. Located at the new state-of-the-art speed sports racing park just north of Houston, the Allen Rudolph Racing Academy uses the very best equipment, Burrell Art Carts. They offer half-day, one-day, two-day, and three-day clinics. They have a one-on-one student-to-instructor ratio, and they will design a customized curriculum for each student. Alan Rudolph is one of the most respected people in the sport, and he has nearly 20 years' experience training drivers, including Chase Elliott, Neil Alberico, Austin Versteeg, and Saber Cook, and rising stars like Pietro Fittipaldi. Train with a champion with over 30 years of racing experience to get proven results. Start off your season with a driver tune-up. Tune-up your season with some driver coaching. Or get ready for the big races by training with the best. Reserve your dates now by calling 866-607-RACE. That's 866-607-7223. For more information, visit speedsportsracingpark.com slash racing hyphen academy. All right, David, let's wrap things up here. I got a couple of notes I had to wrap things up, I, I I really don't, you know, I probably scratch it out now because I really don't want to hash it and keep hashing over it. But a disappointing end for several drivers and their performances throughout the week, uh, thanks to an illegal engine builder, uh, which, man, I just don't like to see that. It's just not something I think we need in this sport. I understand pushing the envelope, but come on. It's all about working within the rules and, and really isn't isn't the first rule, the very top rule, spirit and intent. That's the one I think people need to keep it well i mean this is this considered to be something like fighting i mean it, it should it be something where you're either suspended for a year from being at any of the events or is it a is it a lifetime banishment um you know this this isn't nascar um this isn't where you can you could pay money to 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 make up for the mistakes you made you know with giving money to charity or something like that this is i mean you're affecting kids I mean, this isn't adults, you know, this isn't like when pro cart first started, when it was just adults going out to have a good time, you know, you cheat. Oh, don't do it again. No, this, I mean, you're affecting kids. Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, as a father, I, I, I will never put my child in a position to where I, I'm pushing the boundaries of any sport or life in general. I mean, never, you never want to do that. And it's a life lesson here that should be taught. You never go that extra step that takes you too far. Agreed. And, you know, one of the funny things you talk to some parents and and I understand, I understand parents want to give their kids every opportunity to win and succeed. But the other side of the coin is, and I've seen it another, and talked to other parents, if you don't give the kid everything he needs, it's almost better. I think you, when you challenge a kid, you don't want to give them the best stuff to give them great stuff. That way, they're going to rise up. They're, it's it's not just the equipment. If you let a kid win in just equipment, it's just the equipment. If you let the kid rise up because he's got great stuff, but maybe not the absolute best stuff, he has risen up. He or she has risen up, and they've been able to get you know go at it. Let's put that behind us. Let's, well, the, oh, the you know, thing, go, one no, more. go. 
the thing the thing about it with those kids that were caught or i should say those kids that had engines that were yeah. caught you could put them in any cart any engine combination and they're still going to yeah, be fast true. so that's again it, like you said you put them in anything they're going to be fast why as parents do you push them that far there's no reason for it if you know that somebody is not doing things the right way why why go that direction when you can go the right direction, the correct direction, the moral direction, and and know each and every day that you're doing things the right way and you're teaching your children the right way. As the final thought on that, here's what I want to state because because I I don't there's only one place that we can lay clear blame right now. So we're commenting on drivers and parents and how they approach it. In this particular situation, the drivers were not at fault. They are kids. They are driving. Correct. I'm also not going to put any blame on the parents right now because that will be us making hearsay saying that the parent knew that knew that the engine was illegal. I'm not playing that card because that's nothing we know about. All we know for sure is that the engine and that builder built an illegal engine for that, that particular class, those particular drivers. So that's the only place that we know. Scuse has found the issue. That engine builder uh, was deemed illegal. I would expect there's going to be some kind of penalty coming down to that engine builder, whether it's a ban, whatever it may be. But right now, you and I can have our opinions on how uh, you present, present, uh, or how you how you support your 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 son or daughter in terms of their driving. You're a parent; I am not. You even have a better emotional feel to it, and I'm not even going to make that poll. But bottom line, to clear everything up right now and wrap it up, driver not at fault. I'm not going to point any any. Uh, uh, we're going to put any accusations on any parents at fault, of course, because for all intents and purposes, in my mind, they didn't know. I'm hoping that any parent would not know that, the, that they have illegal engines on their kids' carts. Right. So let's just move that. Boom. The only issue, one illegal issue, and that is the engine builder. That stuff cannot happen. All right, David. One more thing to wrap it up, and I'll open the floor to you to see if you have any other thoughts. Uh, at the opening ceremonies, Tom Cutcher announces. We're going back to the Rio. 2018, a long-term contract. I essentially call the Rio the spiritual home of the Super Nationals. You know, we started things off for the first handful of years out at the Rock Pile. Uh, the Las Vegas Karting Center, the X-Plex, you name it, out the Sloan. Jim Murley and Don Janowski uh, brought us into the Rio. And it really, has, it really was the place where the Super Nationals kind of exploded as the biggest event in North America. I'm happy to go back in 2018. We talk about visibility issues. We don't have that at the Rio, the two tier parking lot, the masquerade parking lot. It's going to be all right. I'm looking forward to getting back there. Yeah. It was nice to go there on Sunday to, to yes, kind of, it, it made, we made went, us feel we like went, we're back. Let, 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 let everybody know. We decided to go for dinner at the Rio on super Sunday night. Might as well, might as well go back early. Yeah. We, it's, to get a feel for it, like like we yeah, hadn't been know. there before, but it felt it felt like coming home when you walk in the door, and and so to to see that parking lot again and to see the I bar where a number of of our uh, friends and colleagues have spent many hours at, uh, just just being in there, it, 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 it's a bigger location uh, as far as the casino wise itself and hotel itself, so it just it didn't feel cramped and congested and and it's and. It, I, I, it's probably going to, it's going to feel a lot better to go back there in November, I think, than, than go back to the Westgate. I think that all, all the stuff you talk about, whether it's the atmosphere that we have and the familiarity we have inside the hotel, a better restaurant selection in the hotel itself, the track itself, we're going to, we're going to absolutely fill that place in terms of room for a paddock. Uh, but the, 
as I said, the two tier, the elevated part of the paddock, looking down on the racetrack, the visibility is going to be there. And I think Scrooge has learned a lot. It's been three years, three years since we've been there. So I get a chance to kind of get a better feel of how we want to approach. They've learned more things. So bottom line is Scrooge are back to the Rio for 2018 and beyond. I think it's going to be a, a really good move. David, that's it. We're going to wrap things up here. Any other final thoughts before we cap off this debrief? That's it. Rio, baby. The real baby. Uh, we'll be back again next week with another EKN podcast. There's going to be a new name on it, something fresh. The EKN Radio Network. We're going to pull the trigger on that in December, folks. Be ready for that as well. As we set off the top of the broadcast, make sure you head to iTunes and search EKN Radio Network. Subscribe there. You'll get all the podcasts right to your mobile device. We're going to cap things off. And again, we want to thank our sponsors who stepped up uh, for our coverage of the Super Nationals this year on the EKN Live program. Our broadcast partners included Cooper Tires, Acceleration Kart Racing, Alpha Kart USA, Illuminos, Trinity Karting Group, Courtney Concepts, Alan Rudolph Racing Academy, TB Kart USA, and the Rollison Performance Group. On behalf of David Cole, this has been Rob Howe, and this has been an EKN Radio Network production. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Bye for now.